0: Hello everyone and welcome to our New Moon meeting here at the New York Headquarters of the Lucis Trust. Um, There's several of you here with us tonight and there's also many more of us tuning in online, so I'd like to welcome both people that are here presently, but also those of us that are not here physically but are tuning in um, Mm -hmm. via the online stream. Tonight's meeting will consist, as usual, of a short talk followed by meditation and followed by a group discussion. Um, Those of you that are tuning in online are are of course free to um, join us for the discussion, but there currently is no way for you to participate in that discussion other than listening. So we encourage those of you that um, are not here physically, or not physically present to um, submit any of your thoughts in advance to New York at lucistrust.org, and we'll do our best to try to include them in the discussion. Let us begin with a quick moment of silence. Tonight's talk will be about desire, and um, specifically some of the ways in which this ever-constant and ever-present force affects each of us, and how this force can be directed and manipulated towards spiritual ends. Now, spiritual implies, amongst many things, selflessness, consciousness of the whole, and particularly, it implies service. Now, another way to define service Could be the ability of the human being to conform to and to act in alignment with the divine plan this approach to spirituality and to service assumes that the purpose of human evolution is in order to make the three planes of human living those worlds of physical experience of emotional living and of mental thought conform to their divine archetypes and for the right relationship to be established between all the kingdoms of nature but specifically within humanity. Now, of particular interest to us tonight is, is desire. And as we all know, desire can be an incredibly motivating force, propelling us forward in spite of hardships, but it can also be an obstacle when the desire body pulls us towards that which is not intended. Now, it's the mind that formulates intention and then chooses a course of action. But when the desire body remains magnetically attracted, to that which is not intended, conflict ensues. Now sometimes in order to resolve this conflict, we compromise and meet the desire body halfway. This seems sensible, and often we believe it's unavoidable. And sometimes this whole process of um, meeting this desire body um, halfway happens mostly or entirely unconsciously. This sort of compromise, we all know quite well, and it can be um, You know, some examples are when, for instance, we indulge in sweets um, despite clearly intending to diet. Or we procrastinate when we have important work to be doing. Or perhaps when we find um, we exonerate ourselves from, um, from opportunities in which others needed aid, and we weren't able to give that aid. Now these three instances also demonstrate the illusory nature of desire. In the ways in which spiritual intention, formulated by the mind, can clearly be thwarted by a desire body that is undisciplined and uncontrolled. Now when it is controlled and rightly directed, the desire body becomes a vehicle for creative unifying and redemptive love. And so for those of us upon the discipleship path, or upon a spiritual path, this then begets the question, how to achieve the right use of this desire body? In other words, what is right desire, and how can it be achieved? The Tibetan writes that the practice of harmlessness is the method whereby the disciple learns to perfect right desire. He states that when perfect harmlessness is achieved, there is a nothing in the disciple which is hostile to any form of life. This type of harmlessness, harmlessness goes beyond simply physical action and includes harmlessness of desire and of thought as well. The achievement of harmlessness is not easy and requires a vigilant mind and the constant supervision of all activity in order that thought, action, and desire all respond to the illumined mind rather than the downward pull of form. Achieving right desire also requires us to achieve right relationship between ourselves and others. The Tibetan gives three rules for the right direction of astral energy, otherwise you could call it desire energy. That beautifully define this relationship. These rules of right speech, right thought, and right purpose clearly outline the path that we as spiritual servers must tread. Rule one of right speech reads Enter thy brother's heart and see his woe, then speak. Let the words spoken convey to him the potent force he needs to loose his chains yet loose them not thyself. Thine is the work to speak with understanding. The force received by him will aid him in his work. Rule 2 of Right, Thought, states, Enter thy brother's mind and read his thoughts. But only when thy thoughts are pure, then think. Let the thoughts thus created enter thy brother's mind and blend with his. Yet keep detached thyself, for none have the right to sway a brother's mind. The only right there is will make him say, He loves, he standeth by, he knows, he thinks with me and I am strong to do the right. Learn thus to speak, learn thus to think. The Third Rule of Right Purpose Blend with thy brother's soul and know him as he is. Only upon the plane of soul can this be done. Elsewhere the blending feeds the fuel of his lower life. Then focus on the plan. Thus will he see the part that he and you and all men play. Thus will he enter into life and know the work accomplished. Now perfect harmlessness and the right use of the astral body lead to the ability to express a love that transcends devotion, that transcends attachment, and magically and scientifically bring about a right relationship between two opposing forces. And with this in mind, let us together sound the affirmation of love, imagining and visualizing the practice of harmlessness, creating right relationship between individuals and groups throughout the world. The affirmation of love can be found in the card on your seats. We'll follow it with a single sounding of the of the sacred word, the Om. In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the Divine Self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Oh. Today, the desire body of humanity is being rapidly strengthened, disciplined, and successfully directed by the mind towards creative ends. This desire force becomes ambition when it is directed towards personality achievement and reinforces the barriers between individuals. This inhibits the establishment of right relationship. On the other hand, desire force becomes aspiration when it propels us towards whatever spiritual or mental goal the mind envisions, in both instances the force of desire remains the same but its consecration towards either unity and right relationship or individualism and separateness determines its right use today at the national level there's obviously an intensification of the conflict between the forces of separatism and the forces of unification This battle is playing out less so between nations than it is within nations themselves. The conflict is is between two opposing forces, often, not often, but each vying to determine the national identity. The conflict arising between the nations is, um, though present, is usually subsequent to this identity conflict and secondary rather than a primary effect. This conflict of of identity is existential in a purely ideological sense. Because two conflicting identities are vying for power, one must eventually die out and the other must succeed. Now, one clear example of this can be seen, of course, in the Brexit crisis in Britain, but also throughout the world, the rise of so-called populism um, is also a clear example. If we look back at Rule 3, we can find guidance for this situation. It states, Blend with thy brother's soul and know him as he is. Only upon the plane of soul can this be done. Elsewhere, the blending feeds the fuel of his lower life. It is important to keep in mind that the battle is not between the political left and the political right, or between isolationist and cooperative foreign policies. Both of these conflicts largely fuel the lower life, no matter what side you stand on. The true crisis concerns whether the force of desire and its higher correspondence, the energy of will, are properly directed. Misplaced desire is therefore the problem, and right direction of desire is the solution. Now right desire is a potent asset in this battle between these two forces, this battle for national identity Because the majority of individuals in the world do respond most strongly to this force. There is also a correlation between desire and the will. Through ambition, desire expresses as the will to personal betterment. Through aspiration, desire expresses as the will to service. And once the soul is expressing through the lower vehicles, desire expresses as good will. Which is motivated motivated by the will to good, the will to good is an expression of the purpose of divinity itself. Now goodwill is what results when the desires of nations is directed towards the creation of a right and spiritual identity, and no longer fuels the lower life and To many people, goodwill is an energy which is largely misunderstood it seems um At face value, sometimes overly simplified or a nice sentiment, but largely innocuous when applied to world affairs. This mistake occurs because this, this occurs when goodwill is judged solely by its materialistic utility or its usefulness. Now, goodwill has an incredibly potent and transformative effect. Its creative potency lies in its ability to redeem and transform relationship. And the material results that ensue are entirely secondary, but definitely a result of this transformation of relationship. When national identities are based on goodwill, peace on earth will ensue. And it will be a peace that is powerful, creative, and deeply evocative of the best and highest which humanity can bring forth. And we must all do our part to see that the energy of goodwill finds expression during this decisive life, decisive time in the life of humanity. Our meditation tonight subjectively aids those workers throughout the world in which the energy of goodwill, this energy that transforms right relationship, is able to find expression. So as we now engage in meditation, let us keep in mind the transformative, scientific, and also the magical effects of this very potent energy, very potent force in establishing right relationship. Strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Higher interlude, excuse me, alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known. interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and mediating the plan into existence. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. Through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet. From Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. Interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. you everybody. Um, we'll now move on to the discussion portion of our meeting tonight. Um, so the floor is open for anybody who would like to share either the results of the meditation, um, anything you experienced or would like to share with that, or um, any ideas you may have related to the theme of tonight's um, meeting, just desire, aspiration, ambition. Um, That's that that the announcement on the back of your meetings is actually for next for the next full moon. So, but the uh, other side that says new moon is for tonight's meeting.
1: Fire yeah. the,
0: fire the fire alarm did go off during the meditation. So,
1: but it was not for a fire. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it was for a fire.
0: It's just a test. It was just a test,
1: yes. Just um, in case anyone online is worried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no fire.
2: <laughs> uh, I guess I had this thought of what I was going to say, but you, you sort of said it already um, about how desire, it depends on, on how it's used. And I guess one thing I would add to that is like, Like this idea that you're at the certain stage and this is okay at that stage, but if you're you moved beyond it and then you go back down, then it's not okay. Or if uh, you stay there too long and overblow this this consciousness of that, mm-hmm. I, you know, desire in this instance.
0: Exactly. I mean, if you could look at the spiritual path as a uh, gradual or. Er, um, over and over and over again, these expansions of consciousness, and so what is right desire um, at one point of consciousness, um, you know, may be towards something that's which is higher, but the desire for that same thing, if you're if you've left that stage of consciousness behind, may actually be a regression. So I totally agree.
1: Michael, you mentioned in your talk something about uh, the desire for sugar, mm-hmm. and um, what I've been thinking a lot about in spiritual terms is just about addiction, mm-hmm. um, and just how devastating addiction is—not just at, on the personal level, but on the societal level, and on the economic level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't—I don't know if uh, who, who's listening online, but here in the states, we're what we have this. Um, show about the Mexican drug trade there are several shows that are out and uh, when you see the level of um, violence and destruction that both economic and just personal that that um, that the drug trade alone creates in the United States it's pretty it's pretty astounding and so I'm always thinking um, you know addiction is desire in probably it's most in its lowest form it's it's just so automatic it's in our bodies and the way out for a lot of people is to turn to the, the world of, of the spirit to seek spiritual guidance through that and to strengthen the the spiritual part so that you can override this kind of automatic bodily craving for these things that mm-hmm. are ultimately very destructive to us. I mean, I don't have any great in- insights about it, but I, I think I'm just um, uh, more and more I'm seeing the connection between the three the three bodies mm-hmm. the the physical body, the mental body, and the emotional body, uh, mm-hmm. which you know is the vessel for this sp- for the spirit for the mm-hmm. soul. It receives impressions from the soul and um how we can use our minds primarily to make choices that make it easier for our emotional bodies and our physical bodies to receive the message from the soul mm-hmm. so that's that's just what i'm thinking these days thinking about these days
0: mm, thank you
2: another um thought i had was like You can set things up to be desirable. Like when you raise a kid and this is the food we eat. And if it's like garbage food that's, you know, not healthy, they're probably going to have some instinctual sort of programming like, oh, this is the food I have with my family. And it has sort of a mental or emotional resonance. Mm -hmm. But if you set it up like a good pattern with like at least okay food, then, you know, it's still the same kind of desire, but you've, you've, turned it around so it's desiring something better. Mm-hmm. And DK talks about that several times like and you know in the meditation there was that, that part about humanity being brought to understand and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like getting something that's good to be seen as desirable.
0: Absolutely. I mean desire is just a force just like physical force we can direct it or or place it wherever we wherever we intend to if the intention is strong enough. Um, or if, if the intention is stronger than the other attractive pull of the desire so like in the case of addiction sometimes that the, the mind actually isn't strong enough to pull to pull that to pull the to redirect that um, the desire body so they have to go higher to the soul or to this to this to, to the spirit the spiritual path oh,
1: want to Okay. And I, I just wanted to say, too, that another thing that is very helpful in combating addiction is the, the force of the group. Mm. And so if you al- align yourself with uh, a certain sort of group energy, that group can help you um, over turn your desires in a different direction, you know, just the group support. Um, so... You know groups like this where we meditate together and and we talk these can go a long way to helping people Mm -hmm. um, be able to choose one path over another especially when their desires are in conflict you know you have a desire to um, well in your earlier example you have a desire to eat in a certain way but Mm -hmm. you feel this craving for Mm -hmm. something Uh, how do you um, how do you choose in any given
3: moment
4: right i i I'd like to um, maybe push things in a different direction and talk about maybe desire as a positive force, but in a lot of ways um we experience it um, modified by fear or we pull back because there is a fear setting in or it's too powerful a force. I mean, even in this case of addiction, um, there's not usually, it's probably not usually set or um, by the desire of inherently, it's not inherently by the desire of what one becomes uh, addicted to uh there are probably uh, a lot of other things um that actually makes it becomes uh such a destructive thing. And I think in, in a lot of cases there is a tremendous um there are a lot of um uh, it's the word is it's not harm that I'm looking for, but there's a lot of destructive um uh outcome that actually is uh, the result of of fear, fear of the unknown, or fear of what we think or something is. But I think somehow, uh, s- s- somewhere, we will probably learn and have to um, harness the power of uh, desire, such as uh, um, the desire to. Um, get to the point where we can see that the common good is uh, something worth fighting for or worth fighting. I mean, the desire for us to understand how we we think and how much alike uh, we are in many ways. So in the ways where we suffer, I think, from... Certain emotions and the you know the forces of desire. I think it's in those times or in in the points where we're learning to master and transform it.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: is uh, in a way is the essence of our uh, solar logos uh, in the second ray logos it's the the quality of attractiveness the quality of uh, magnetism and uh, magnetism is the one of the most fundamental physical uh, reality laws that we understand pretty well. And I think that's one of the fundamental principles of evolution. We move from one desirable element or quality or state of being to another one. And we know that's the the the, the essence of the Sagittarius, from one goal to another goal. We know that for long time in history, desire was seen as something undesirable <laughs> <laughs> and uh, repulsive, but uh, we know what happens when we. Uh, I try to like w- like working with two magnets, mm-hmm. trying to like, separate them. Like we start f- uh, fighting the natural force, and um, I think this uh, repulsion, in in a way, it's um, it's a st- also a stage in revo- evolution uh, that all aspirants and disciples coming through facing own des- lower desires and fighting with them. Uh, and noticing that the further you uh, fight those, the the more powerful they become because they get in magnetized by your own uh, um, um, power. And at some point, I believe disciples uh, faces have to face those desires and have to face the uh, lower nature. And start dealing with it directly and putting the light of consciousness there. And that's the uh, lesson of uh, Scorpio, where a disciple needs to kneel down and lift Hydra towards the light of mind, towards the light of consciousness, and then learning to control it. There is a saying somewhere um, I believe it's in esoteric astrology that uh Sagittarius rushes blindly till uh the light of illumination is reached in Taurus. I, I not remember exact quote but it's that's uh the in Taurus when the the third eye is open we can start c- uh, controlling and direct the same desires but in a more constructive way and that in essence the same laws of nature that are in base of uh, white magic we work with the power of intention, with power of mind making certain thought forms magnetic and desirable not just for ourselves but for like in the common field and I think it's a process for all disciples to learn working with desires transforming them and seeing them not as a uh, enemy but as a very powerful force of nature uh, of that leads to creativity and leads to um, actually as a basic of, like one of the basic uh, laws of this universe, it's uh, it's power of creation, and so that's when we bring it to the next level.
0: Thank you. Um, I especially like what you said towards the beginning. I don't remember exactly what it was, but w- what it, what appeared in my mind from what you were sharing was that this, uh, you know. Um, of oh, desire is the the essence of these of the solar logos who's the second ray logos and um, you know the tibetan also writes that the higher um, correspondence of desire is the will and i think um, this could be because the will as you know is the, the purpose of divinity and with you know divinity in the solar system being of that second ray quality there's this that could be what really creates this, the, this this connection, this relationship between those two, between desire and, and the will. Mm-hmm. And also to what I think Daniel said about the, uh, that, you know, and, and also you said about desire being a force for, 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 for good, which of course it is. I mean, you can look around the world today and see, um, you know, at least in the material world, how many wonderful things desire has created. You know, our civilizations, um, you know, industrialization, you know, all these te- technology in general has resulted in more and more people than ever being able to have, you know, fresh water, um, food, um, and basic human necessities. Um, but there is, I think, when we are dependent on this desire that is of the lower nature, of following a discipline or,
4: you know, how it saves time in certain cases. But it's nothing like if you try to mimic it and you force yourself to do something and um, it, it doesn't work. So mm-hmm. I think there is uh, there's something to say about education in developing mm-hmm. right desire.
2: So what you're, say- what you're saying is when you really want to do it, when you desire it, it works. But when you just try to force yourself and mimic it, it doesn't.
4: Uh, so there's somewhere in between where i think there is has to be some kind of understanding it's not so much that you desire it and you do it and i think there yeah there has to be uh the, that middle uh, principle that
0: uh. i'm going to read a um contribution from someone who is not with us the physical office sent it in via the um via email he says our desire should be to tune in on the life existing within us the soul aspiration should be to then know as much as possible about that soul knowledge is encouraged by the soul and is required but it is also good to know in return for that privilege of knowing we must be willing to cooperate with the soul as it as it generally usually seeks to express itself through our personality it really is wonderful to realize the energy of the soul of divinity which is ourselves persistence is required our desire then becomes service to the soul aspiration becomes a growing sense of unity if we can begin to lose the glamours which are in my understanding our own selfish thoughts about ourselves these thought forms continue to exist around us as long as we give them life then we can free all that energy and attention spent on personality desires and we make it available for service for thoughts that benefit the group, humanity, and hierarchy.
3: Absolutely. Well, I think it was somewhat well said that in Scorpio, you run into all these problems, that your lower self is battling with your soul, and you know what you need to do, but you don't always do it very well. As you come into Sagittarius, when you say, I find the goal and then I find another one, you're actually finding that you have conquered some of it, but not all of it. So in Sagittarius, we have to kind of move on from where we have gotten. And when you come into Capricorn, then you begin to realize what's really happening. But in Sagittarius, we're still looking at saying, well, that was a goal, but it isn't really satisfying what I need to do Mm -hmm. right now. And so we have to look at it about what is the real desire? What is the desire behind all this? What is the desire we really need to know and just not flounder along and say, well, I think this is a desire, Mm -hmm. do the group or whatever. you know? But we have to really decide what the desire is that we need to work on. And as we do that, move on in Sagittarius to be able to do what needs to be done in Capricorn.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you.
6: Um, It's my first time in the group, so I'm a little bit unaware of what everybody uh, wants to share. And my understanding about desire is we have two different desires, the desire that comes from my ego Mm -hmm. or the desire that comes from my soul. So for me, I understand when I want something that is selfish, it's going to be a bad desire. Mm. Maybe I could, like, expand, like, $1,000 in something uh, meaningless while I can use that for a donation if anybody can have that possibility. So long-term desire will always, like, fulfill your soul while short-term desire will always destroy you Mm. as drugs, like being mean of somebody else like racism I hit your wife or Mm -hmm. your husband (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it's also in the same way it's crazy because it's good when you have bad desire it's always giving you pain Mm -hmm. but in long term you will have so much bigger pain that you will say I think I'm in the wrong way I want to change so pain is something really good and necessary at least like the better lessons I have in my life were painful and I developed such a kindness in myself towards other people that I don't see so much uh, improvement in my life with the good as I see in the bad. And most of us, we always try to run away from the pain. But pain is good if we know, like, if we say instead of being in the victim place, oh, why is this happening to me? What can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. And it's very hard, and it's not easy. And we always have to, like, at least I have to always ask to myself, what is the right decision right now? Is this going to be a long-term fulfillment, or is this going to be a short-term fulfillment? Mm-hmm. Is this going to benefit my ego or is this going to benefit my soul? As he say, like, how can we know when it's like um, a good desire? A good desire is something that will make your soul happy mm-hmm. for me. I could be wrong. And a bad desire is something like it's, you will have a short-term fulfillment. And after that day, we always feel bad. Like, I don't know, like something bad, like, oh. Uh, Cheesecake is bad for me, but it's a short-term mm-hmm. desire, and I eat it, and then I mm-hmm. start to feel bad because I have diabetes. <laughs> so that's we know is bad. Mm-hmm. So your soul is saying, I want to be healthy, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be very pleasant. So it's maybe I have to eat, like, eat vegetables. I don't like it, but in the long term, I will have the benefit. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I think we're just about um, time for one more closing thought. So, if there's anybody who wants to close this out. <laughs> um,
7: <clears throat> Yeah. When I was thinking about desires, just thinking about the obvious, um, if you're on a spiritual path, um, the reorientation of that desire. So, it's not so much that um, we want to give it up. But give up the desires, but reorient them, as you were saying, towards the soul and away from the personality. And I think uh, Sagittarius gives us a a great symbol of that in its um, rulers, like each sign has three rulers, and the more personality ruler, then the um, more soulful ruler, and then the more spiritual, the highest aspect, monadic ruler. And the highest aspect in Sagittarius is Mars, the planet of desire generally generally. And so um it really shows the progression from um Scorpio, wherein Mars gr- rules in the personality level. So the Scorpio is like can be really controlled by desire. But then in the through the struggles, as you said, the struggles and the difficulties there's tremendous possibility for transformation in that sign and then the subsequent sign of sagittarius demonstrates in its rule hierarch- hierarchical rulership that mars has been completely transmuted and that's why in sag there's this liberation it's such a sign of liberation and forward movement on the path fast across the plains and so i just think the astrological Sequential development of the planet Mars is a really powerful symbol of reorientation.
0: Thank you, Kathy. Um, Let's close with a moment of silence. you. The the next meeting will be a full moon meeting on Friday, December 21st at 6.30 p.m. right here at 866 United Nations Plaza, Suite 482 in New York City. Um, We appreciate anybody that can join us in person, um, but of course if you're not able to, we also appreciate you joining online as well. The exact time of the full moon will be December 22nd at 1248, so you can keep that in mind as well. Um, Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening.